You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I feel better. They <laughs> say, well, you know, we don't get emotional like that. Well, I do. Can you say amen? Praise God. God is good. Let's turn to Acts 2 before I get wound up again. Hallelujah. But I felt that in the Holy Spirit. I felt to come against that spirit of isolation because it creates fear, separating us, putting those masks on. Now, I'm not. Now, before you get, your, your, you know, your hair all in a cockle, I'm not saying that I'm either pro or con masks, but mask is a sign of separation. You're covering yourself up. When I look at people with those on, you look right at them and you look into their eyes, I see fear. God is not the author of fear. Can you say amen? amen? The devil is. And that fear lingers as long as he can keep you separated. You see, because the Bible said a, a, three cold, a threefold cord cannot be broken. And I, I'm paraphrasing now. And it also says two are better than one and three are even more powerful. So God never intended for his people to be isolated. That's the devil's work. As long as the disciples stayed in their, their little, wherever they were, hiding, they were fearful. And they became unbelieving. And yes, and ineffective. And they were hiding. They didn't believe Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James. Etc. who had gone to the tomb, seen the empty tomb. They come back to the, um, where the disciples were, all excited, told them. And they said they, they, they looked at them as they were talking strange. They thought they, they, they were just hallucinating. That's what it means. So they didn't pay any attention to them. Why? Because they'd been isolated. They was afraid. Jesus came and appeared to them. And that's what we need in this country today. We don't need any more edicts from Washington or from Augusta. What we need 
is the church to come together and begin to worship and pray and sing and shout before the Lord and get rid of all of our, our hang-ups and everything else and let the Spirit of God move. And this will, this will come against fear. It will come against sickness. It will come against any kind of devilish thing that the devil brings before us. Now I want you here, in the, right here, this group here, and I want the other small groups and you in your homes, when you're walking the streets when you're of Ellsworth and you're going into these stores, and I, I, what I want you to begin praying under your breath, break the spirit of isolation. Break this spirit of isolation. Break this demonic force. We, we, we just can't sit back and just accept it. We don't get rebellious. We don't go out and do crazy things. We don't say stupid things. Can you say amen? But what we do is we begin to pray in the power. Pray out when you got that mask on. Pray in tongues behind that mask. Can you say amen? And say, God, take this thing off of me because it's a symbol of fear. It's a symbol of isolation. Distancing is a symbol of isolation. Oh, I know it's all necessary, seemingly, but the devil has brought this on to do just exactly what he's doing. And we Christians, if we don't get to praying, and if we don't get seeking God, and we don't have a determination that this thing is going to break, he will continue to torment us. Amen. Yes. And defeat some of you, and you lose your faith. Well, that came from the Lord, whether you agree or not. Turn to Acts 2. Praise God. Now, you also, you, you may... Now, this, this isn't necessarily from the Lord, but it's from me. Sometimes you, you may ask, well, why are you preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And uh, it's so... It, it, does, it doesn't go along... It doesn't go along with, with the, what, what we're in. You know... You should, you, should bring, you should be bringing comfort. You should be bringing all this. You should, no, this is exactly what's needed in this hour. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I need to be teaching on this. Because it was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost that made a difference. They, they, they went from whimpering, spineless group of people, to a powerful, emboldened, unafraid people that stood up and preached the gospel no matter what took place. Peter and John were beaten. They went back. That wouldn't have happened had not it been for the day of Pentecost. They went back to that people and the Bible says, and they went to prayer. <laughs> God changed the whole atmosphere. Can you say amen? And I want to tell you something right now. If y'all going to come out, and if y'all going to live for the Lord, you will suffer persecution, and there will be things that's going to come against you. We're talking about going back not to a new normal. I want you to understand that's probably going to be true, but in the midst of that, not new normal. Instead of getting fearful of it, stand up and begin to realize who you are. And like the apostles, what we need is a book of Acts experience to hit the church and to hit our area and to hit the world. Can you say amen? And let me tell you, 
There, will, there may be persecution, but when it becomes midnight and you're in a jail, can you say amen? And you're in a jail bound with stocks and you can't move, you've just been beaten and the blood is falling on the floor at midnight in the darkest hour that you are in. You begin to sit there and you begin to sing praises unto God and I want to tell you the chains will fall off, doors will open, can you say amen? And he'll put you back in the street. He'll put you back in the street preaching the word of God. Nothing could stop the early church. Persecution. You know what happened after the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? 5,000 added to the church. The Bible said there was great persecution. And this church scattered to the known world. And you read it in the Bible. It says they went forth and they were preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Signs and wonders were following them. That's what First and Second Peter is. The two books is Peter writing to the exiles in the then known world, in the countries in the then known world. Don't despair. Keep on preaching. We can settle and give in to the enemy or we can rise up and say, I don't care what he does to me. I'm going to minister the gospel. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. Get out from your fearful positions instead of hiding in self-preservation. Get out there because there are people who do not know Jesus Christ, who do not know what we have, have not been enlightened by the power of Almighty God, don't know how to contact God, and you are that contact, and you and I need to get out there. Can you say amen? And begin to make contact among people that are fearful and being touched by the enemy and being being brought under this fear and bringing deliverance. There's still people that need to be healed. There's still people that need to be saved. Have we forgotten about it because of all of this stuff? Trying to preserve ourselves. So what if you get corona or whatever it's called? What is it called? Um, COVID-19. You get it, either get over it or die and go to heaven. We Christians don't need to be walking in fear. We need to stand up against the force. And this is hellish. This virus. I don't know whether it was contrived or it just happened. But it happened. Either way. And it was the enemy that did it. There's a, there's a parable that Jesus spoke about in, in, in the New Testament. In, in the, um, uh, the Gospels. Said that they, uh, a sower went out to sow and he sowed all kind of uh, a nice good seed. And he said, and he planted it real well. And uh, he went and uh, went to bed that night. He said, and what happened? The next day he comes out and he looked and there was all kind of tares that had been grown. It looked like wheat. And his workers asked him, do you want us to go and tear up the tares? And you know what he said? He said, no, leave him alone. 
We don't have to go and side in and get in, get all caught up with the media and get all caught up with everything else a bit and our opinions of why Corona this and Corona that and this is what this is what. And what we need to do is stand up and be counted and begin to preach the gospel and begin to minister the gospel. This is the day that we should shine. Amen. Let the glory of God shine upon us. Get out there and do a work for the Lord. Lay hands on the sick and say, this is what the world needs. This is what the world needs, saints. So it needs Pentecost. I need to teach on Pentecost. I need to teach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost because it's the only thing that's going to change this world. The bad and the power of the Holy Spirit raises up kingdoms and pulls kingdoms down. Puts men out in the field to minister the gospel. Puts them in difficult places. Honey, it's not going to be easy. I want to tell you something. Listen to me, church. You're going to come up against much more than Corona-19 or COVID-19. You're going to come up against a lot more. Read what Paul went through when he was ministering the gospel. But Paul said, none of these things move me. He says, nor am I ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. This is our day. This is our hour. This is our time. Be instant in season and out of season. Be ready to give a word to someone who asks you for what you believe and how you stand. The devil wants us to cower down. Ask God to give you words of wisdom. Ask God to give you the words of healing. Ask God to put deliverance in your hand. Ask God to anoint your hands with, with the power of deliverance, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And whosoever you lay hands on, let them recover. This is our time. This is what's needed. We can counteract this by the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we don't have to defy government. We don't have to find it. Just go and do the work of God. Mm-hmm. They put you in jail. They put you in jail. Hasn't come that that bad yet. I want to tell you something. We ain't seen nothing yet. I have a message. I lost it in the fire. I want I wanted to find it so bad. Parallel times. The morning cometh, and also the night. And where in that hour? Where in that hour? Evil is abounding. Evil is abounding. This is not just a political thing. This is, this is the beginning of sorrows. I'm convinced of it. I don't believe, I believe what we're going to see more and more and more. And we've got to make up our mind, church, that we're going to stand. We're going to stand. Come hell or high water, we're going to stand. And we're just going to preach the gospel. Be sweet, kind, loving, but powerful. What was that president said? Speak softly and carry a big stick. Yeah, walk softly and carry a big stick. (laughs) Only he meant it for a difference. But you know what our big stick is? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It isn't going going out and knocking this down, knocking that apart, and preaching against the government, doing all that stuff. Get get out of there. That's preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Rome never bothered Jesus. And after the Holy Spirit, 
the whole attitude of the apostles changed. And wherever they went, they brought revival. I don't know what, what area of the world it then was in, but the people would begin to ask this, who are these people that tearing the world upside down? Turning the world upside down. Called the people of the way, the way. And that's what we are. We're people of the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the life, the truth. We're a people of that. Of the life of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the might of Jesus, the wisdom of Jesus, the revelation of Jesus. We're of the way, the truth, the life. Can you say amen? Don't back down. Stand. Having done all to stand, put on the whole armor of God. Can you say amen? Stand in the power of his might. Can't stand in your own. So get out there. You say, well, pastor's on another one of his tangents. No, I'm not. When I was standing over there, all of a sudden it just swept over me. This came over. My mind wasn't even on it. And the Lord just impressed with me. Isolation. Brings defeat and destruction and tears your spirit down. Iron sharpens iron. I need you. And I need you. I need to communicate with you. And I'm not talking just about texting and I'm not talking about calling on the phone. I need to call and talk to you face to face. I need to hug your neck and I need to have you hug my neck. Can you say amen? amen? That contact brings encouragement and that and isolation from that. You take, you take a baby that's been cuddled and loved and, 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 and held and all of that. They thrive. But you take a baby that's just put in a crib and left alone, he'll die. Right. Come on. That's good. Well, I'm trying to get to what I want to preach on. Let's go to Acts 2. Oh, he cut out of Mohushala Babai. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord. There they are, all in one accord, in one place. You know, I I get tired of hearing people. Well, we can all worship at God in our private places and at home. Yeah, for a time. But I'm going to tell you, you need to be in a congregation where people of faith know how to pray. And I like to get into a prayer. I can pray alone. I can seek God alone. I can pray in tongues alone, but I'm going to tell you when I get into a prayer meeting where it's led by the Spirit, I, I can feel the urgent, the surging, the surging power of the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because it's coming from a, the person that's next to me. I can hear him speaking in tongues. I can hear him pra- praying. I can hear him talking to God. I can feel that power that's coming from them. Right. I need that. We need synergy to get energy. Can you say amen? amen? That's good. Brad, it's good to see you sitting here today. Amen. 
the rest of you too. But because of, I'm not going to say it, it's not his fault, but anyway. All right. And I want to call him fully place, one place. And suddenly there came a sound of heaven. You see, when they got into one place, and in one accord, heaven fell. And, and there came a sound from heaven. When we get in one accord, and we get in one place, there comes a sound from heaven. God begins to speak. I want to tell you, God gave the gifts of the Spirit to the church, not to just one individual to keep in your home. What were those nine gifts for? To bring edification to the church. That means a body of believers that had gathered together with one mind, one accord, Yeah, God could have filled Peter with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but what good would it have done with just one? The twelve needed it. Oh, yeah, there were twelve there because they had just selected and wanted to take Judah's place. Then there was 120. All with one accord. And a sound came from heaven. I want to hear that sound. I want to hear that heavenly, heaven, heavenly sound. I want to sense the glory. I want to sense the power. I want to sense the magna- magnificent glory and power of God Almighty flowing among the people. I want to see literally manifested the glory cloud one more time. I want to have visitation of angels. When a congregation gets together, it happens. Yeah, you can have angels come to your home. But oh, what it's like to come to a congregation. The Bible said that Jesus inhabits, or God inhabits the praise of his people. What's he talking about? He's talking about a congregation that's come together and, and, and worship him. I can praise God at home. I can worship God. I can speak to God. But I'm going to tell you there's something that invigorates me. When I'm worshiping God and all of a sudden I stop and I just lift my hands and then I hear a whole crowd of people gather together worshiping and praising God and speaking with their tongues. Something transpires in me. It charges me. It makes me want to go on. It makes me want to try more. It makes me want to go harder. And then all while we're together, someone comes, the gifts of the Spirit are given to edify the church, and then all of a sudden, someone has a gift of tongues. Someone has a, uh, an interpretation. Someone stands with a, a word of prophecy. Someone stands with a word of knowledge. And all of a sudden, the body ministry begins to work. And then what happens? You begin to work among the body, and someone in that church you don't even know, or someone that don't even know that's having a problem, been battling all week, and God will speak to one of you and say, go over and Pray for that person. And as you're going, you get a revelation. I'm telling you, that's what we need. Amen. We become so afraid of it. We can't be afraid. We've got to say, God, I want more of it. And it is emotional and that things will happen that I don't understand. I don't know why people fall out in the, in the floor when the God is moving. I don't know why people dance and shout. I don't know why. Crazy things happen. But they happen in the Old Testament. God spoke to 
Ezekiel. I think it was Ezekiel. He said, I want you to go to the gate of Israel, and I want you to lay down on your right side for so many days. Pardon? <laughs> Tim said, take your clothes off. Yeah, he was in his underwear. Now, that's crazy. <laughs> then after, after so many days, seven days, I believe it was, he said, now I just want you to roll over. Stay another seven days. Then I want you to get up and prophesy. Why couldn't you prophesy without having to do all that? I believe God was just testing him to see if he really would do what he would, God wanted him to do. You see, the act of obedience. Now, don't you come next time we gather together all in your underwear because God had better tell you or we'll tell you to go home and change. I mean, change into clothes, not change. Can you say amen? amen. <laughs> Jesus spit on clay. That was a symbol. It was a symbol of creation. God forming man. Jesus, holy spit on dead, dry clay, mixed together, breathed in the breath of life, and he stuck it on his, uh, their eyes. And guess what happened? The man was healed. Right. Why couldn't he say just like other times? Right. Right. Come on. We want it all neat, wrapped up in a cute little package with a pretty bow on it. And if it doesn't come that way, we say it's not of God. I'm telling you, I want it any way God wants me to have it. Yes, amen. So I'm open to it. And yes, worship, serving God, is emotional. Some people cry. Some people laugh. Everybody talked about the laughing revival. But you don't, you know, and, and we Christians, we get so either paranoid or something wrong with us. If something is done a little bit unusual, we say, well, that's not of God. That isn't the way I have, that's not how I got to baptism in the Holy Ghost. So, you got it your way, I got it my way. When I got to baptism in the Holy Ghost, they said I spun like a top around the church. Why? I don't know. I didn't do it. I can't even remember it. But they said, rather, I just went, just like a top. Now, ordinarily, I'd have been dizzy and fallen on the floor. I didn't. I can't even remember. Well, that's emotionalism. Honey, everything is emotional. Let me step on your foot. You that, are, that, that say that, you know, you don't have to be that way. Then let me set up on your foot. Just let me put, let me separate on your foot. And I'm going to get a response out of you. And that smile will go. It'll go, ow, Papa, you stepped on my foot. That's emotionalism. He's not going to sit there and say, Papa, Papa, you're standing on my foot and it's hurting. He's going to say, Papa, 
You're standing on my foot. And you just crushed my big toe. And he's going to be reaching for his shoe to take off his shoe to find out what's happened. He got emotional. When the Spirit of God hits you, oh, Lord Jesus, what time have I got? I don't know. But I'm telling you, I feel this in my spirit. It's time we held back and held down long enough. It's time we let it all out. I'm telling you, when you come to church, be like the lady that came to church uh, said that she came to church and she walked through the door and she looked around, saw all the people, and she says, God, don't let me hurt myself. And what she was saying is, I'm getting into this thing. I'm not holding back. You've got to protect me because I see what I like and like what I see. And if we'd be more interested in getting into the spirit then we would trying to look at things that we don't think are just so. Forget what's not just so because we're all human. So we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to do things that perhaps isn't quite like to you. I might not like the way you eat hot dogs. You might put (laughs) ketchup and mustard and uh, uh, sauerkraut or, or, or... What's the green stuff? Relish Relish on yours. And I may look at you and say, hey, you're going to put that on your hot dog? And you're going to say, yeah, I like it. That's not the way to eat a hot dog. You're doing it the wrong way. (laughs) What you're supposed to have is just mustard. And that's the way I eat mine. That's what you tell them. That's the way I ain't mine. No, I put on my hot dogs, I put mayonnaise and ketchup and mustard. Now, I like it that way. Someone here just went, ooh. And that's what we do sometimes. But let them eat their hot dog the way they want to eat it. Let people worship the way they want to worship. If they want to run, let them run. If they want to dance, let them dance. If God and they're getting blessed and the whole congregation is worshiping, someone lets out a scream. Somebody says, oh, I don't think that's of God. Just because it scared you, it wouldn't have scared you if you was in the spirit. (laughs) We had a, a service. I'm not going to get to my message. This is a good message. Went to a service. My friend, Bible school friend, Ted Fraker and I were holding services for his grand, for his fiance's grandfather. The spirit got moving. The grandfather up on the platform laid out like he was drunk all service long. Just laid out. Service went on. We sang. The service went on. People were shouting and praising God. And then, uh, I think it was Ted, uh, got up and spoke and was preaching a message. And all of a sudden, while he was speaking, this woman let out an ungodly scream. I jumped. I thought, my God, what's that going on? Ran to the altar. 
as she ran, the church went wild. You know why? Because she had been backslidden for years. And they finally got her to come to church. And the only way she knew to express herself, she, just, she got so under conviction, she couldn't even wait for, 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 for Ted Franker to get through the preaching. She had to get to that altar. Now, was that wrong? What about the situation with Brother Durham, Ron Durham, when God told him to get all the pans and everything else they could and march around the church for seven times? That church didn't realize. And, we, and if we had been, and if he would have been and not listened to God, an atheist wouldn't have got saved. A person that was going to shoot himself had the gun in his car. That if you're God, he said, let that people out of that church. He didn't even know. Well, anyway, let people in that church come out there with pots and pans. That's crazy. That is stupid. The Lord spoke to me, not directly, but indirectly, and told me to take oil and go around this property seven times. Anoint, I, I said every, he, and the person that said it to me was my son. He said every inch of it. And I'm thinking, oh dear God, how am I going to do this? And first I thought, well, you know, it's my son. He's probably had another daydream or something like that. And then I thought, oh, I better listen. I better not be. And let me tell you something. I give you a caution. When someone tells you something, wait on God before you push on it. If you're not sure, ask God for another witness. But don't say it's not of God. And you will witness because the spirit in you will witness with the spirit of the prophet. So here I am and I thought, how in the world am I going to do this? I can't take a bottle and just go shake it. So I devised, I, I, I found a long paint rope, a pole with a paint thing to put a paint roller on it and here I am and I took a big container of oil oh Jesus and because I'm thinking I mean cars were going by and I'm thinking what's the people going to think you run, especially going up front running across there with a roller you know going back and and then like again here I go again the next time and go again here I go in the third time what is wrong with that person and I got out and, and you know what just before I did that. One of the men in the church felt to go and clear all the edge of the property, find the markers, our, our, our land markers, our markers, and clear a path all the way around that whole property out there. Now you tell me that's not God. If I hadn't, I'd have been climbing over things and everything else. And I went, and one day, seven, seven times, seven times, got right down out here in the corner of this church, and there was still some uh, logs and stuff. <laughs> Tripped my foot on a log, fell down, scunned my <coughs> knee, and bro broke the pole. 
And here I had this, and I'm thinking, uh, I, 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 I stomped up out of there. I said, I'm done. This is it. I don't care. I said, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to do this anymore. And the Lord wouldn't let me stop. And so all the while I was raving and carrying on, wasn't going to do it. I was fine, trying to find another pole to go out there and do it. <laughs> and guess what? I found one. So this property has been anointed by the Holy Spirit. Why do you think God is prospering us? Not because of our goodness, not because of our greatness, not how special we are. It's because we walked in obedience. Jesus spitting in a guy's eye. Woman that was a minister went into a restroom, ladies' restroom. She was a ladies' minister. And she went into a restroom and she heard this lady talking about her back and what was going on with her back and her hip and everything else. And the Lord spoke to her and says, go over and punch her in the side. And she goes, Lord, I can't do that. She says, she'll have me arrested. He said, go punch her. She goes, I got up to her. I go, like this. she says, I drew my fist back. She says, and I just drew off. She goes, I go, whoa. And the woman screamed. And when she got through, she says, my pain's gone. She was totally healed. Yes. Now, that would have taken me about three days before I would have had to gone and find the woman again. Because I would have said, God, that is no way. I, I can't do that. But she walked in obedience and got saved. I don't understand the movings of the Spirit. And I'm not advocating weirdness. But what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to go is let the Spirit move the way He wants to move. Right. Don't be, and, 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 and someone says, don't be fanatical. Well, I don't know whether to tell you not to be fanatical or not. A fan of football is a fanatic. They throw beer cans and they throw hats and they throw shoes and they throw everything else. Now, is that wrong? I don't know. They're a fan. They're enjoying their, their throwing football. It didn't hurt anybody else, so they have to go find the shoe after, the, after a while. That's all. Can you say amen? amen? Well, that's that. That's this morning. I'm talking about Pentecost. I'm talking about the yes. outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I'll finish reading here. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And that's what we want. We want a sound from heaven. Yes. As a rushing mighty wind. And it was, it was like a tor tornado. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It filled the whole house. Not talking about the home. It filled the house where they were sitting. They were gathered together. Not in isolation. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and one set upon each of them. Now, that tongues of fire, okay, I want you to know, the cloud came in and I believe it was the same cloud that they, God came in when they were by the Red Sea. That cloud followed them. And then, because of Israel's sin, cloud lifted. That's the glory cloud. What happened was the glory of God entered that room. It had rested on the temple, tabernacle. It had rested on the temple. 
And every time the glory cloud appeared, and when it appeared on the temple, the glory fell. When it appeared I mean, on the ta tabernacle, when it, when it appeared on the temple, the glory fell. And the people couldn't even minister. The, all that program went out the window. Oh, my God, we need to get our programs thrown out the window if they're not ordained of God. Program does not help and not save. And listen, when we are in the midst of a program and doing something, if the Spirit falls, throw the program out. I read in Charisma where a, a, a pastor was, was, was called to preach to a, a certain church and said, and they, and they, they, they told him, they said, well, now, we, we got to brief you. And I'm paraphrasing. We got to brief you before we go in. And so we, we said to him, we got to go over, you know, we got to be briefed. So he said, I sat down and I, and I listened. He said, they had every minute accounted for. And he said, I was looking at it and he's thinking, where is the Spirit of God? Where is the Spirit of God in this? Where is he allowed to move? Five minutes for this, three minutes for this, so much for that. I mean, boom, 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 boom. And he's sitting there thinking, I don't even know why I came to preach. <laughs> and I think he got and, and went and told the minister after, you know, after that meeting, he said, you don't need me. He said, you, you've got it all together. Oh, yeah, we want you. He said, you've left no room for the Spirit of God. And then he said he got up, they got up in the pulpit and had the audacity to pray that, God, would you come and move by your spirit? And the man, the man that was preaching there, he said, where? So long for the altar call. And so long a time around the altar. Saints, that's not a way to have church. The way to have churches, I'm not talking about a free-for-all, but if you are led by the Spirit and you flow in the Spirit, that service will be fully organized. Right. Tongues of fire. Fire of revival and fire of conviction. The fire that brought revival to the 120 brought conviction to 3,000. Right, right. Amen. And once, I, now, I wonder what it would be today. I go back to I go back to Azusa Street, and I begin to think of how it, how it happened in Azusa Street. Dear God, they had service all day long. Whoa. And if we get in church an hour, we think we, we've, we've done God a favor. He hasn't, an hour doesn't even give him a chance to move his foot. I think I'm going to go down and, where are they? They're dismissed. Well, I guess I'll have to wait till next time. I'm going to stretch my hand out. They're gone. Where'd they go? They, they were, well, I guess I'll have to hold my blessing back one more time. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Can you say amen? Well, amen. I'll save my Holy Spirit as event until next week.
Because I never planned on this. I feel His presence. How many really want a move of God? If wherever you are, and you really do, just say amen. amen. You want to let God move. Saints, we've got to get out of ourselves and into the Spirit. We cannot... I know probably this message probably set good on some, and some probably a little upset. But it's needed. We need to break out of our shell and let God have His way. And most of all, why we don't allow the Spirit to move is because of our pride. And you know why? We don't want this to get out into the community and to think we're holy rollers. Well, we are holy rollers. I can't say that I've never seen anybody roll in church. I have. My second cousin, when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he rolled this way across the church, speaking in tongues, this way going across the church. You say, well, that's of the devil. I don't know. He was feeling pretty good. <laughs> and the church just got all excited while he was preaching, while he was talking in tongues. He just rolled that way and that way. Nobody was encouraging. He wasn't trying to show off. So I, I, after that, I went up to the pastor's wife. I said, well, I said, I can't say I haven't seen anybody roll anymore. I said, I guess this church is truly a holy roller church. What's people going to think when they come into church and see they're going to get convicted and get saved? Right. Amen. They're going to get convicted and get saved. When it's in the Spirit, if it's just for emotionalism's sake, you know, God's Spirit doesn't move in the service the same way once. I mean, uh, uh, twice. Because God assesses the congregation that's there. And then He moves according to the needs of that congregation. And if we stand up here as leaders and we stand up and we hold that back, that might be a person. What if that pastor had said to Pastor Ron Durham, no, we're not going to do this. What if the man, or lady, I can't remember what it was, in a very staid church, God spoke to that person and told him to do cartwheels across the front of the church. And he disobeyed, or that person disobeyed. The atheist sitting in the balcony would not have got saved. Because that atheist said, God, if you're real, let someone do a cartwheel across this church. And that had never been done before in that church. And the leadership was livid. And there was all ready to censor him when that man stood up and said, don't, don't bother him. Because I prayed this. Amen. 
quiet right now. Think over our prejudices and how we think God should move and shouldn't move. We should be open to everything that God has. Now let me tell you something. There is going to be things that's going to transpire in a church service that will not be from God. Because people are people. And there's going to be people sitting there that aren't living a life and also that don't understand the flow of the Spirit and they're going to get out. They're going to get out of context of the service. So what do you do? Do you cut it all down because of one person makes a mistake or just gets overexcited or just wants to show off? Had one man that was an alcoholic came into our church. Spirit was moving. God was blessing. That guy got up in the middle of the floor and started clogging. He was no more in the spirit. I never even touched him. I just let him go. Because I felt he may get a touch of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. But you know what? That was the father of one of our saints that was in the church. And I had to, I had to, I went afterwards. And I had a glorious time to minister with that man. God delivered him from alcohol and he gave his life to Christ. Had maybe I set him down, right. he might not have ever come back. He wouldn't do any harm. He was just clogging. He saw everybody else doing it. I looked down. I was up on the platform in the old church. And I looked down and I saw him. He was just a going. I mean, he could clog. He was good. He was good at it. He knew how to dance. Amen. He had a few. He had a few in, but he he was having a good time. He thought, woo! He was kicking his feet and he was just a dancing away. Amen. But you know what he felt? He felt the spirit. He felt the spirit. And the only way he knew how to react was doing what everybody else was doing. Can you say amen? amen? Well, I've delivered my heart and I've delivered what God wanted us to do. Before we go, we're going to honor our those that have given their lives to, to for our country. We've got on our our marquee in front of the church, you know, said uh, we remember those that have given life for the freedom and don't let them don't let freedom be taken away from us.